0: This week on Inside Motorsport, we conclude our chat with Mike Borland and find out about some of the winning that his Spectrum and Sabre cars have done all around the world. I hope you'll stay with us.
1: Welcome back to Inside Motorsport. We're continuing on talking with Mike Borland and particularly about the production of Spectrums um, because uh, it's a brand that's travelled well beyond the shores of Australia and New Zealand. You've got sales, and you've just recently, not only a 50th, your 51st and 52nd car have been exported. Remarkable.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we've sort of, uh, the first cars we sent were to New Zealand in, I think, 99 or 2000. uh, Won a New Zealand championship over there. And then in about 2005, we had another three cars go to New Zealand as well, the Spectrum 010. So we're lucky enough to win a New Zealand Grand Prix, so... Um, so that was always a, a, a buzz to have actually won a real Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, and then in, who was driving? Simon Gamble drove yeah. that. Um, and then in 2006, we sent our first car to the UK um, with John Martin driving it, and yeah, that was the only one on debut, so that was good. And we ended up, I think we've sent about another six over to England, six or seven.
1: And the English cars with the Duratec engine.
0: In 2006-2007 they were the Duratec engine and then they stopped the Duratec engine and went to a different car and then F4. So the cars that are over there running now are Kent engine cars again. Yep. And is that what's in New Zealand? The Kent? Same as what's in New Zealand, yeah. And then the
1: other part of your export program?
0: Yeah, well, and then we um, we've sort of been on and off talking to people in America about a, a Formula 2000 Wings and Slicks car. Um, and while we were doing that, the HPD had done an engine equivalent to a Kent engine to revitalise Formula Ford Series in America, so we built a car up and sent it over there and um, did pretty well on pole and were leading the race until something, a bit of a mishap, so came second in our first race over there and, and about, I think we won the championship the next three years after that. Um, and. So we've now exported about 33 cars to America and Canada. And the,
1: the Honda Jazz engine, yeah. I think
0: you said? Is... It was a Honda, Honda Jazz. Okay. About, yep. I imagine it would be a lightweight engine. Yeah, it's pretty light. So they they build it to be equivalent to a Kent, so it's around 115 horsepower. Right. So I think some of the top Kents are still a little bit better, depending on where you are. But the, the Honda's got a little bit more torque and a little bit lighter engine, so... Now, I don't know
1: the numbers that Brian Sheed um, made of this, the Cheetahs. I know that he made them across, you know, four or five different categories, F2, F3s, Formula Holdens, um, and in different eras when they were, you know, as you say, flat-bottom ones versus aero ones. Do you have any idea the number of chassis he would have made?
0: Uh, I think he made it. It was around the 50 mark.
1: You know, while the early days they were mostly tubular, monos then became quite the standard thing aluminium monos yeah the
0: aluminium tub cars yeah yep. yeah yep.
1: whereas yours of course have all been both in formula ford and formula v they've all been tubular chassis all space frames yep yeah space frame chassis yep. yeah so um, the number you hit me with was 199 was
0: that yep. the... we've built 199 formula v's and formula fords primary so, car producer in this country uh, man yeah over over a fair few years but yeah, yeah. so yeah. hopefully we'll get to the magic 200 yeah well i i think figured... Well, not inevitable, but um, I was just looking
1: at the, some of the names on here. Justin Cotter has bought quite a few of your cars. Quite a few of your cars, Quite a yes. few, yep. They're still running in both state and, and national titles yes. in Australia? Yep. Um, when was the last championship won by a Spectrum? Uh,
0: it was a fair while ago, uh, unfortunately. Um, I think the last one would have been Chaz Mostert. He's still a current driver, so it's not as though he's retired, you know. No, that's right. Anything like
1: that. That's right. Built up a, you know, it's a tremendous facility you've got here. You've got all the things you need to do the work. As long as someone delivers an engine to you on the back of a truck, you know. No, we don't build engines here.
0: No, no engines.
1: Um, You were saying that you've had, uh, you know, about a dozen employees at its peak.
0: Yeah, in the mid-2000s, we we had about 12 employees here working for us. So, when we're running... Cam's Rising Star team, which was five cars and a couple of other customer cars, and that's so a lot of a lot of mechanics and machinists and fabricators. But I, I probably didn't enjoy that as much because you just spend all day in the office instead of being out on the tools, making is, stuff. Yeah, yeah, making stuff, which is what I really enjoy doing. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know,
1: in the pantheon of, of Australian racing car designers, and, and you obviously know you've met quite a few of them, but um, there were blokes before your time like John Joyce, you wouldn't have met him, would you? No, not John Joyce. Have you ever met Bob Riley and had any time with him? No. Well, Bob, of course, was one of uh, Frank Manich's designers. Um, I was downstairs and, and I, I had an idea you know, back when I worked for Frank about getting rid of electric starters and putting an air starter in it and um, in recent times I've got to know Bob quite well. Um, Bob of course ran the Mitsubishi Rally program for many years back in the 70s and 80s and things like that. And nowadays he's uh, involved in the Hyundai TCR team and things like that. Okay. He's a clever engineer and and, uh, and I said, why didn't you ever come to me with this idea for these you know, air starters? I said, oh, I wouldn't have deemed to sort of come and talk to an engineer. I was a, I was a bloke down there. I mean, most of the time they wouldn't allow me anything other than fitting a tyre, you know. It's quite something to, to have achieved, you know, what you have. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying you can now wander off and do something else, but you you have desires
0: just to keep on doing what you're doing? I enjoy doing exactly what I'm doing, and I listened to the podcast with Mike Henry, and he went the other way. You know, he explained it. He realised as a mechanic, he wasn't going to be qualified enough, and he needed more qualified. But I think the level that we're at here, we've been able to just—I can design the car, I can build the car, I can do all of that here ourselves. So um, I don't really have the aspirations to go to Formula One or anything. I mean, plenty of our Formula uh, former employees have got there. I mean, they're engineers at the eight teams, or Mark Preston started with us, and he's it runs the. Uh, Tech Cheetah Formula E team so yeah. um, lots of the but I'm happy doing this
1: and you, you do it extremely well don't for one second think anything less uh, so at the moment you've got the 199th car you're in the process of building or you've nearly finished it or what? Nearly done nearly yeah. done okay yep. and where's that being delivered to? Uh, Australia that's an Australian one okay
0: Log yep. book's there ready to fill the next one in the number 200? Number 200 yeah I've got someone that wants to buy it because of what it is. So um, we'll see if we make it a special one or not. I mean, it's a Formula Ford at the moment. Seems to be we've got over the bump that was F4 sort of thing, and in Australia and it's Formula Ford's really taken off again. Hit yes, lots yeah. of young kids in. So the next year or two will be really strong, but um, we'll see.
1: Okay, um, and how many rounds would you go to of Formula Ford in Australia?
0: Probably do. The National Series this year, it depends what, how many cars we're running in our own team. So okay. our truck goes to all of the rounds of the National Series, and I've sort of cut back a little bit, so I'll do probably four of the National Rounds and all of the Victorian State Rounds. OK.
1: And, and you're running how many cars in
0: the, the Victorian Rounds? At the moment, we're running three out of our own factory. Yeah. Um, but we sort of help with data and a couple of the other guys that are running.
1: In the time, you know, and obviously you can, you've can, you got the, the paperwork and the, the documents and the time when you first threw your cars, in the time Formula Ford's evolved, no doubt. I mean, we've gone through different engines and di- directions and things like that. Do you think that um, it's it's in a pretty good place now? I mean, obviously, as you talk about the bump, the recovery's well and truly
0: on. I think it is, yeah. I mean, the... the... The, the cars are the older cars are still perform well enough there's not formula ford you're not coming up with any great um, improvements to the car year on year which is unfortunate in some ways as a manufacturer but it's good for the category that you're not outdating equipment year on year um so i think the the category should be good for the next next few years all right
1: well thank you mike borland for joining us on inside motorsport And we'll come back and talk with Mike again in the near future to learn more of the plans and aspirations of Michael Borland and Borland Racing Realms. Thank you.
0: Enjoyed this chat with Mike Borland. We'll be back next week with more here on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.